Welcome to RVC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded October 16th, 2023. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Three big things you need to know. First, we're lifting our S&P 500 EPS forecast to 223 for 2023 and to 232 for 2024. Second, 3Q reporting season is off to a good start in terms of stock price reactions, even though earnings revisions have turned slightly negative and company commentary among early reporters suggests the uncertain macro is taking a toll. And third, other things that jump out from our high-frequency indicators include an improvement in equity investor sentiment and the return of outflows from U.S. equity funds. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. Now the details. Let's start with takeaway number one, changes to our earnings forecasts. We are lifting our 2023 full-year EPS forecast to 223, up from 220. At the same time, we're lifting our 2024 full-year EPS forecast to 232, up from 229. With these moves, our 2023 forecast is $1 above the bottom-up consensus of 222, and our 2024 forecast is more meaningfully below the bottom-up consensus, which is currently 247. The changes are driven by shifts in forecasts for the macro variables that we use in our model to anticipate revenues, margins, and other inputs. Our 2024 forecast assumes a significant moderation in inflation, easing of interest rate pressures in the back half of the year, and sluggish GDP and industrial production forecasts. This is the concurrent consensus view among economists, but could be revised as 2024 economic outlooks get refined. Additionally, our 2024 earnings forecast assumes less robust revenue growth in the bottom-up consensus and also assumes a less rosy view of where margins are headed. Our model bakes in a return to 2022-type margins, but consensus bakes in significant expansion. Moving on to takeaway number two, 3Q reporting season is off to a good start in terms of stock price reactions, even though the macro is taking a toll. Here's what jumps out to us on the stats for 3Q reporting season so far. First, Russell 1000 companies that have beaten consensus are outperforming the broader market so far, at the second highest rate we've seen in the past year and a half. Second, the rate of upward earnings estimate revisions for the S&P 500 has turned slightly negative in early October. This reverses the slight bias toward upward revisions we'd seen in August and September. And third, our review of S&P 500 earnings call transcripts since late September suggests to us the macro is taking a toll. Companies continue to emphasize the resiliency of a consumer who has become more selective in their spending. We are also reading about how macro uncertainty, including inflation and interest rate policy, are impacting demand and spending, though this is more on the corporate side. Pricing commentary remains mixed, with a fair amount of emphasis on how it's moderating. Labor force reductions as a cost savings mechanism is another theme that's jumped out. Wrapping up with what else jumps out from our high-frequency indicators, or takeaway number three. First, large caps no longer have an advantage over small caps on an earnings revision basis. This is positive for the beleaguered small caps, which look deeply undervalued but have been lacking a catalyst. In recent meetings, we've been emphasizing that equity investors need to get more confident that Fed cuts are coming and a recession can be avoided for small caps to lead again. Second, amid a darkening geopolitical backdrop and domestic political dysfunction in Washington, we were simply stunned that AAII net bullishness moved up a little bit last week to plus 3.5% in favor of the bulls. While this increase in bullishness is explained by the ongoing difficulties equity investors have pricing geopolitical risk, a decent start to the earnings season, and easing interest rate fears, 
The deep pessimism on this indicator that would help us get past our near-term concerns about the U.S. equity market remains elusive. Third, U.S. equity flows have deteriorated and slipped into negative territory on a four-week average. U.S. bond inflows have also continued to fade, while global equity and global bond flows have also now turned negative. Within the U.S., large-cap category specifically, passive inflows are fading. Growth inflows have turned negative, and value outflows are worsening again. Every category of small-cap flows we track has gotten worse lately, and at the sector level, consumer, financials, and industrials are all worsening or have turned negative. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.